Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour. This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. Hi, babes. Hi. How are you? I'm good. What time is it right now? <laughs> well, it's actually uh, 6.09, which means it's your Welcome America After Dark. Clink, clink. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Mm. Oh. oh. Lovely little gin and tonic. Lovely little gin tonic. Do you know what would go well with that gin and tonic? What's that? Maybe a nibble. <gasps> I'm just going to get a surprise nibble from the cupboard if you just narrate what you see. Okay, I'll be back. Ben is getting up. Um, He's wearing a Niagara Falls tank top and has a plaster translation band-aid on his arm from his flu shot that he had today. Um, I don't know why I'm doing this like you. Oh, wow. He's showing me an orange Sainsbury's carrier bag, which is making me feel a little tearful. So what, what kind of spread have I laid on for nibbles, Fraser? Well, from that Sainsbury's bag that almost made me cry, I have um, now been presented with a bowl of mixed uh, McCoy's flaming, flaming steak. Is that what it's called? Gr- oh, flame grilled steak. Flame grilled steak. And salt and vinegar McCoy's. Describe these to our American listeners as I munch into one. Oh, oh. So this is a... a oh, they're so good. A ridged... A ridged potato chip, if you're American, that's how you describe it. And they are a steak flavor and a salt and vinegar flavor. But there's something very particular about this that you cannot put your finger on what the kind of production process is that makes a McCoy so special. Mm. I don't know if it's the deepness of the ridge or they actually specialize more in like the strong flavor. Oh, yeah. That's what they're known for. Anyway. Well, shout out. Thank you so much to Sam and Emma, some podcast listeners who were in the UK and specifically brought these back. Oh. When they presented them at my house, well, actually, I was, wasn't in when they came around, but I came back and there was just that dumped, crumpled Sainsbury's bag. <laughs> and I looked inside and there's multiple packs of Real McCoys and also a couple of Baby Bells. Oh, I love a Baby Bell. You know, you can you can buy them here, you know. Oh, can you? Yeah, I, I, I buy them sometimes from uh, Ralph's. Uh, well, they, they fortunately left those Baby Bells in by accident. They were for their dog. <laughs> There's a thing about people who really dislike people eating on podcasts. Okay. So I thought, let's just get... I've actually got, also got a surprise thing for you too. So, oh, uh, great. I'm going to have another, gonna another McCoy while you, you give me the surprise. Okay, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. open... I received this in my mailbox uh, in my building. Oh. On this, this floral piece of stationery. <clears throat> Dear Ben and Fraser, <gasps> a little package of seasonal treats. Enjoy. Loving the podcast. Thank you for making my commute much better. Love and hugs to you both. Stony with the big hair. Oh, Stony. So, oh my God. I didn't, I've forgotten what the end of this letter said. What does it say? <laughs> this is literally couldn't be more perfect. P.S. Ben, I did consider sending McCoys, but they'll never arrive. Stony. So between your friend Emma and Stony with the big hair, we're they've completed it. We're so nourished. I'm just gonna now what full tr- disclosure. What a treat! Full disclosure. Yeah, I have already consumed half of these things because it came in. Everything came in like a du- duplicate, which I think maybe was meant to be one of us each. But what's happened is I ate my whole thing already. So I'm going to give you this, and okay. then we can maybe share, but maybe not. Okay, that's fine. Should I close my eyes? I'm going to close my eyes. <clears throat> okay. First of all, we Should I put ha- my hand out? Yeah. Okay. Okay, this is the first one. Oh, we're... Oh. 
Okay, a refresher's uh, original lemon flavor stick. This is now, a refresher bar. Oh, a refresher this is what bar. I was, this is what I was blithering on about when we were talking about candy on Halloween. Oh, I thought you were talking about Love Hearts. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, I was confused. Now, okay, I'm just going to say refresher's bar, Stony with a big carrot. Do, we do enjoy, because I'm Scottish, I would want an, an iron, iron brew. brew bar. Wow. Okay, well, that's you poo-pooing that idea. Okay. Oh, okay. oh, I think I saw the next one. Yep. Oh, now this, now this seems like a new product to me. This is something I've never had before. They're called Cadbury's Mini Snowballs. I'm very excited because they essentially look like the winter version of a Cadbury's Mini Egg. Well, yes. And I love read, a Mini Egg. Read that description there on <gasps> the Milk back. chocolates and crisp sugar shell. Oh. Yeah. They're basically win- like Christmassy Mini Eggs. I'm I'm thrilled that Cadbury's are just taking over all seasons. They could they could do a Halloween version of this that is like a pumpkin. pumpkin yeah. So we should after dinner when yeah. we're watching a movie tonight. Yeah. Oh, snuffle those. Now I have eaten a whole bag of them because that was something that came in duplicate. Okay. This next thing is again came in duplicate, and I'd like you to have this whole thing because I can't have. Okay, it I'm in quite my overwhelmed. Life. How many more things are this there? The, this is the last thing. The last thing. Okay, great. Oh, now I'd forgotten about this. What would I even call this? This selection pack. Selection pack. <laughs> oh my God. So a selection pack. That is like at, at Christmas, you might give a child or someone a selection pack. And it's kind of like a little box or... I do believe they also are called selection boxes. Selection boxes. Yeah. Um, and inside it's got like a little taster of lots of different kinds of candies mm-hmm. i.e sweeties yeah so this one's a cadbury's one and it's got fudge it's got buttons curly whirly yeah a chomp and a freddo yes oh a freddo's it's a real treat thing, it's the first thing i ate from mine was the freddo in fact i'll give you the order of what i did I okay did, i did freddo i did fudge i did buttons i did chomp and then i saved curly whirly for last because oh, i love a curly so whirly. you saved so that was your, your building up i kind of i kind of started strong dipped and then ended strong yeah, Freddo and the buttons and the... Cur- I don't... I haven't had a chomp for many a long time. I feel like a chomp is just a curly-whirly, but you can get through it faster. Yeah. Can it get stuck in the teeth less? The fudge was a real revelation for me. I forgot how much I love a Cadbury's fudge. They're very simple, but, like, delicious. But only if it's... Sm- like, it needs to be small. Yeah, I couldn't have, like, a full, oh. a full bar of oh, fudge. That's silly. madness. Stony with a big hair, thank you so much yeah. for this gift. We... Hey, I just want to say, we are very open to gifts like this. <laughs> yeah. It's a big... Keep them coming. Much I love appreciated. all snack food that keeps going to me. Just... If you are new to the podcast, or if you're a return, a return friend and listener, you should know that in every episode we take an American topic, and we discuss it, dissect it, work out the UK equivalent, and we take a British topic, we discuss, dissect, work out the American equivalent. Before we get into that, how are you, babes? Now, because my topic this week is very much like me out and about doing stuff, fuck talking about my life. I delved into something very strange on YouTube in the past two weeks. YouTube, YouTube. Jerry Halliwell. Oh, I know. Have you watched these videos? So Jerry Halliwell did this like cryptic announcement that is like Rainbow Woman. And I was like, and I saw a lot of people being like, oh, it means she's going to start wearing color again. (laughs) (laughs) Which we would love because... As many of our listeners will know that <laughs> for the past maybe 18 months, mm. Jerry has decided to only wear white at yeah. all times. Which, have you heard a theory behind this? No, go on. The theory behind it is, just before the UK tour last year for the Spice Girls, um, Mel B did a Piers Morgan interview and she revealed that her and Jerry had a threesome at one point. Yep. Apparently Jerry was super pissed off. So... 
to sort of combat that. She never addressed it, but she decided apparently to dress all white to sort of be more pristine and virginal. <laughs> that was just a rumor out there. That's anyway. terrible. But I anyway, know. so she launched a YouTube channel and I, everyone was like, oh my God, it's new music. It's so exciting. It's a real big disappointment. I don't want new music. Do you? <laughs> no. But you know, nostalgia, whatever. I thought it'd be a bit more. It's it's very odd. The first video is her doing, um, reading like a poem, but she does it in full like Queen Victoria regalia. Yeah. It's very odd and very serious. And then I watched the second video. It's basically just her climbing Snowden. That's it. So she's essentially doing very quintessentially quintessential British things. She remember when she was on Drag Race and she was saying to Crystal that she was kind of offended and uncomfortable with what Crystal was doing yeah. on stage. It's like, what? What happened to you, Jerry? Yeah, it's like you. I think I believe we've said this recently. You literally came out of a vagina on the on Brit, Brit Awards. Awards. Treat him <laughs> like a lady. <laughs> we had another one of our eye contact. And treat him like a lady. Treat him like a lady. <laughs> Who's wearing the trousers now? Problematic. <laughs> Gender norms. Shall we do some feedback? Yes. So I've got a bit of a blend of kind of Kylie feedback mixed with just the remnants of our Totally Scott Lee extravaganza which finished last week so i've got a little mixture of both okay um, so real quick uh, it's dixie bitch just commented on our kylie episode saying there's only one kylie worth talking about km it don't need to tell us yeah i was I like know that like you're preaching to the choir there it's dixie bitch but i just wanted to say the name <laughs> of their instagram handle to be honest it's a great handle this is a sentiment that's been echoed to me actually through personal texts as well as the feedback. So uh, Tone Ring on Instagram said, the level of disrespect for early Kylie music, far too much. I also had a personal text from uh, my friend and listener Nina, who said, I can't believe you didn't talk about early Kylie music. It was very important to me. I knew we'd piss people off. And that's what happened. We're, we're not out here for, for likes. We're not <laughs> out here for love. <laughs> it's literally all we need. <laughs> Please like us. Uh, what anyway and just a quick feedback from george um ari in the kylie special we talked about our uh, kylie and danny accents that we did in palm springs that infuriated our friend george mm -hmm. he said i remember being annoyed by the non-stop australian accents on that trip i do not remember actually voicing my annoyance out loud well you did george and we heard you <laughs> we just we heard his facial expression <laughs> Okay, I've had some feedback from Matt Doris. He was saying, well, he was telling us that Dakota Johnson just launched a luxury dildo brand. Oh, yep. And I was saying that's hot off the heels of Lily Allen, who also did that. I don't think her dildo brand was luxury. So <laughs> his question well, like, is... It was budget. Budget. Well, you know, accessible. Affordable. Affordable. <laughs> um, so Matt Doris wants to know, is Dakota Johnson America's Lily Allen? Oh, I don't know a huge amount to, about to go to Johnson. She hasn't done music, I don't think. Okay. Uh -oh. I feel like I'm going to get like a an EP thrown at me from that. But I don't think she's done music. Although there's very similar, there's a lot of similarities in terms of nepotism. Oh. They why? both came from nepotism. Who's, who's Dakota Johnson's parental unit? Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith. Oh. Her parents. Oh my God, of course. And obviously Lily Allen is the daughter of Keith Allen. <laughs> Keith Allen? Oh, fuck. I can't remember his name. I don't really know who he is. I do, but I don't. Wasn't he like an actor or something? It doesn't matter. Who cares? Do you know what? I'm just going to go with yes. Yeah, I think so too. And I think they're both similar levels of cool. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're, why? Why are you laughing? No, I just as soon as we say Lily Allen, I just instantly get sun is in the sky away away, and that song's really annoying. But. How weird was it this summer? Well, you, I don't know if you know this that there was like a dance challenge to smile. Yeah, on TikTok to smile. Yeah. Oh. Oh, sorry, that what you were singing LDN. LDN. LDN? Not London, LDN. LDN, London Town. <laughs> um, yeah, to smile, there was like a whole dance challenge on TikTok out of nowhere. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Moving on. So, moving on, uh, we had a little feedback from Mia on Instagram, and she said that uh, she's, she sent us a little article about Kylie Minogue setting a UK chart record with her album Disco. Aww. And she said, I low key feel like you guys had a part in this. The build up to the album you lot had. <laughs> <laughs> Let, wait, sure. We'll, we'll take it. We'll accept it. Absolutely. We can take credit for that. I feel like we definitely, we definitely caused that. Mm-hmm. So just to pivot quickly to uh, 2005 and to Totally Scott Lee, I've just got a couple of like corrections, comments, thoughts and feelings from our, just to round it up from a few things we've missed out over okay. the time. Okay. So we did miss on Twitter, Twitter, we did miss, uh, apparently this is from Dean Barney UK on Twitter. In episode seven of Totally Scott Lee, mm-hmm. I said that I had no idea who the CD third CD UK host was. Oh yeah, neither did and I. He said it's someone called Johnny Pitts. That doesn't help. No, it doesn't. <laughs> then there's um, Dean actually had a lot of information about this episode. So we were talking about the event that Lisa was performing at, and he says it was Cardiff Mardi Gras, and the lineup was <gasps> Lisa Scott Lee, Gina G, Charlotte Church, Noel Sullivan, and Nikki French. A planned after party at the Millennium Stadium was cancelled due to poor ticket sales, so they moved it outside to a local gay pub. <laughs> First of all, uh, that lineup, I'm there, I'm there for it. Gina G. Fabulous. I was going to say Gina G. Like, oh, was Lisa the headliner? I think so. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing if I'm looking at this and it's 2005, then yeah, I yeah, guess that's it fair would, enough. It would be Lisa. Wait, Nikki French, remind me. Mm. Mm, I don't really remember. Unclear. All I'm going to say is that that after party. If I if I had the choice between an after party at the Millennium like Cardiff Stadium or a local pub, I'd be like, oh, local pub. Yeah, absolutely. Transport links, parking. Yeah. It's like when you go to the O2, nightmare, local pub. <laughs> Just pop in. Great little piece of insight here from my friend Siobhan. Not to explain my life too much, I have lots of friends called Siobhan. So this is my friend Siobhan that we call June. Oh, so okay. let's just say for the purposes of this feedback, this is some feedback from June. Okay. Jin Sarpong? <laughs> no, this is my friend June. So in relation to Lisa Scott Lee's arm cuffs that she wears in the last episode of Totally Scott yep, Lee she, well, we she talked wore, for a really long time about. She just wore one in episode yep. eight when she's performing at Bennett's Gay Nightclub in Glasgow. Yep. Yep. So June says this, fun fact, they are part of a lingerie set from Anne Summers, translation, the majorly poor man's Victoria's Secret. And she says, I think it was part of a Playboy Bunny set. I recognize them because I worked there in the Glasgow store. Wow. Actually, she's very right. Anne Summers is the UK equivalent of Victoria's Secret. Secret. Because just a a solid step down. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, why was she in Glasgow? Does she... She She went to university in Glasgow. She's she's my friend from Penrith. So obviously, (laughs) Scottish borders. Well, she's on the border. She could have gone either way. And yeah. She went north. She decided to go over Hadrian's Wall, not stay under it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we, can't, right. we can't talk about Hadrian's <laughs> Wall again. It comes up so much. Hadrian's Wall, the Millennium, Victoria Beckham. <laughs> not such an innocent girl. Those three things. We talk about them all the time. Let's get into the episode.
Okay. As we said, in every episode, we've got an American topic and a British topic. Fraser, like Razor, you're up first <laughs> with the American topic. What you got, babes? Well, this week I've done some investigative... <laughs> this is the exact word that I can never say. And I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to leave all of this in. Okay. This week I've done some investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. And I took myself to a little, little store that we call Target. Oh. Take it away, Fraser. <laughs> Okay, so I am um, on just on the corner of Sunset Boulevard and Western Avenue, and this is the location of a Target. This Target has been under construction for 10 years or something ridiculous like that. So I am, and it's finally opened. I'm having trouble finding the way in because it's so big, and I seem to have found myself in the parking lot car park. Oh, there's gays at this one. Okay. Okay, I'm going in. Oh my God, this is very overwhelming. Oh my God, this is the biggest one I've ever seen. Okay, so immediately I'm in a clothing section. Um, I can see a, a wide array of ladies clothing, including a full like tracksuit tie-dye set with the Friends logo on it. Very strange. I will say the clothing department is very inconsistent. I feel like you can buy like weird, like fun, like jumpers that say like, mama needs wine. And like, you know, you can buy like weird jumpers that say like sexy girl, but then they're also selling like kind of Taylor Swift, like folklore dresses. Really weird. Oh, and leather trousers. I'm guessing pleather. Okay, let me keep going around. See if I can find the men's clothing section. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I may or may not own a couple of pieces from Target. A couple of pieces. Just, you know, some socks, some underwear. It's just a little embarrassing. I feel like it's not cool to wear clothes from Target, right? Oh my God, this place is so big, I can't find the men's section. Oh wow, they have an opticians in this one. It's so big, they have their own opticians. So I guess you come and buy, like, a candle and get your eyes tested. Oh my God, I found, like, a Thanksgiving display. Strange holiday. Strange thing to celebrate. I guess Guy Fawkes Night celebrates blowing up the Houses of Parliament, so maybe we shouldn't judge. So I don't want to be paranoid, but it's like a pretty, um, like not a hot day in LA by LA standards, but it's still not cold. So I'm wearing shorts and a vest and a woman in a leather jacket and jeans just looked at me as if I've arrived at Target in like, just like a speedo. So, you know, don't judge me. It's like, you know, this is Hollywood. Like, have you never seen like a gay before? I've just seen one. Literally, I've just seen one at the pharmacy. Anyway, oh, I found the candles. Wonder how annoyed Ben would be if I bought him a candle from, um, from Target. I feel like it's like all of his worst nightmares come true. I think one of the things that's like super jarring about Target, you know, I was in a kitchen aisle a second ago looking at like George Foreman grills. Then the next aisle, I was looking at kind of Christmas pillows. All of a sudden I just wandered into essentially, in the UK, this would be a full-sized supermarket section of this Target, which is just selling like supermarket stuff. And I have found a very intriguing product called Wine Cube, which appears to be wine in a, a carton, like a little carton of milk. I think that so you can kind of have them on the go. So I think I'm going to get a couple of these for me and Ben to try and drink when we're recording. So sorry about that, Ben. Okay, I had to cut off my recording. I just witnessed an amazing argument between a couple 
an older couple where this woman was trying to buy a um, some kind of wire rack. I'm not sure what it was for. I think it was decorative. I think you like hung things from it, like, I don't know, memos, maybe like a memo board. I don't know. I just know that this man was holding it and she screamed, I want it. <laughs> and he, he threw it on the shelf and stormed off. And then I saw her pick it up and put it in their trolley. <laughs> so I guess, I guess she really did get it because she wanted it. I'm now inexplicably in like a hardware section where they're selling like filters for air conditioning units. Oh, I just walked past the bin that I do have in my actual flat. <laughs> so many gays in this Target. I can see some man swishing ahead of me with like a laundry basket. It's very attractive. God, I forgot about gays. I don't have many gays where I live in Koreatown. Is that okay to say? Probably not. Separately from the supermarket section, is a whole section called the Sweet Treats Wonder Shop and all it sells is chocolate, candy, and it's all like Christmas themed. But this is in its own section, decorated like a, a wonderland. Now there's a lot of things you can say about American like excess, but sometimes they really do know how to do shit right, you know? Just seen some, some twink pick up some mint M&Ms, which I think now I want. I've also just walked past a man in the golf section Yes, that's correct. The section dedicated to just the game of golf. And he was just standing there alone, just saying, hello, does anybody work here? Okay, I know I said earlier I couldn't find the men's section. It's because it is its whole own section deep in the wilderness, past the golf section. It's full of some hideous clothing, including a whole rack of fun onesies. Is there anything less fun than a onesie? or a person that puts them on thinking that it's fun. I might cut that out. I think that might alienate people and make me seem like a snob. Okay, so now I'm in the Starbucks inside of the Target, of course, and I'm just waiting for a coffee. Um, I just need to fully cringe about something that just happened where when I was paying for my uh, essentially joke items that I bought for me and Ben, which cost loads of money, um, I decided, do you know what? When I was talking to the, the cashier, she asked me for my ID and I was like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna like have a bit of fun and be like, let's talk about how Americans and British people write the date differently. She was having none of it. Literally at one point I like laughed at my own joke because she, she wasn't. And then there was just this silence and she stared at me and it was kind of mortifying and a really humbling experience when you realize that you're not funny. Anyway, while I wait for my coffee in this Target, I just looked out the window and I can see the Hollywood sign. So do you know what, lady at Target who doesn't find me funny? I made it to Hollywood, okay? <laughs> and I'm gonna make my dreams come true. So this is the end of my field report. Um, I'm gonna go, because they're about to call my coffee order and definitely call me Frasier. So I'm gonna go and just suppress some more rage about that. And uh, I'll see you on the other side. Bye. Okay, that was my field report from Target. A lot going on there. Thank you so much. <laughs> what did you order from Starbucks? <laughs> I just got a cold brew. Just got a cold brew. Yeah. Lovely. I know that I know that was more of a stream of consciousness of where I am at, at in life at the moment, really, rather than actually a commentary on Target, but felt right for, for 2020. It was perfect. We well, I think you should just, you know, before we really get into it any further, you should explain to our UK audience what Target is. Well, thank you. <laughs> what a lovely setup. I will. 
So according to our main source for this entire show, Wikipedia, uh, mm. the Target Corporation is an American retail corporation. It's the eighth largest retailer in the United States. And basically, Target is a supermarket slash store. I mean, I, I, that's so interesting. I wouldn't call it a supermarket at all. Well, you say that, but every Target has a supermarket inside of it. Do you think there are people out there who do their weekly shop at Target? Yeah. Oh my For God. For sure. Because then they can buy milk and like throw that says ho, ho, ho on it. Like a, like a hook for their spare bedroom door yeah, or something. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So basically, uh, we kind of touched on it there. Target is this huge store in the US that sells everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I specifically, as I said in the field report, went to that Target that's been, that's been threatening to be built for like 10 years. <laughs> so, so that Target, they, they started building it. Then halfway through, I think they were like, oh, we should have got, got permits for this. Should have <laughs> got planning permission. So for the five and a half years I've lived here, it's just been like a, a husk of a building. <laughs> as you said, threatening sunset to be built. Finally got built. Well, let only, me... only took a global pandemic. <laughs> it is so huge oh, it's the God. biggest target i've ever been in so oh, it was bigger, it's bigger than the one in burbank which was my original plan to go to that one i thought that one was big because it's like an airplane hangar because the the ceilings are really high but actually this one just for square footage felt even bigger it was mm. that's why i sounded so out of breath in that field report because i was i had to climb three sets of stairs to get into target i couldn't find an escalator anywhere and then when i was in there it was just so expansive i just kept getting lost so you were you there for a specific purchase or just for like a for this field report and just a gander? Just for this field report and a gander. I will. I tell mean, that's you, that's dangerous. I will tell you that I did purchase quite a lot of crap, which I'm about to present to you. Oh, great! I just want you to know that I did manage to stop myself from spending twenty dollars on a like a jumper just for you that I thought was funny. And then I realized I can't just be spending money on stupid stuff like this, but it was, what, what was it, it was just this gray jumper that said like, mum needs wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it said mama needs wine. <laughs> and I it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> right. So I purchased a few little kind of items. So okay, I'm just going to, you can, you can just, this has been, a, this has been a prop heavy episode. I tell you what, it's, it's not, it's not a lot of business going on. Oh, Fraser has gone to the fridge in the Rock America studio. He has brought out the iconic Target bag. Right, so now you've got your props table set up. What have you oh, got yeah, going get on? Get away, get away. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> studio dog Fabi was just sniffing at something that I bought for the, for the field report. Okay. okay, so I mentioned this first in the field report, so I'm just going to brandish these. These are the boxed wine cartons that I found that are almost like, <sighs> almost like a... Uh, an umbongo that you'd have on the go as a kid. Problematic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I should have. Maybe. <laughs> Ribena. <laughs> so this is wine cube. I've got a rosé. Oh, God. I've got a Sauvignon Blanc. You're going to have to drink at least one of them. Oh. Uh, I've got a Chardonnay, which I thought would really annoy you. Um, and then I just got a Pinot Gris. Which one do you want? As, as someone who doesn't really like wine in general, uh-huh. the idea of having a boxed... I, a, a personal boxed wine from Target. It uh -huh. really doesn't appeal. Um, and which one would you like? <laughs> okay, well, I'm just going to go for the color I like. And there's a kind of nice aqua kind of blue. So you want the Pinot Grige? Oh, I'm going to have the I'm going to have the rosé because uh, I think white wine, as you know, makes me crazy. Oh my God. So this says 
wine cube, aromas of green apple and citrus. It says 300 plus awards. What is, oh wait, it's won 300 plus awards. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Okay. Mine... And it says there are three glasses per pack. Oh, so shit. this squeezy bottle. I didn't really, do you know what? I didn't look at them closely enough. I didn't realize they had three glasses in them. Now, retail wise, how much are we talking? This was uh, $6.99. They were on sale. So obviously, you know, if you're just going to unscrew the top of this, it does have a kind of easy drink function, which I'm just going to sample this rosé like this. Mm. Oh. oh. That's actually quite nice. Also resealable lid. I've noticed, it says in the back, I'm portable from the beach to the pool to the mountains yeah. beyond. This lightweight, shatterproof carton goes wherever life <laughs> takes you, including the couch. We don't judge. Read that bit on the side. Seriously fun wines. That's <laughs> bit. Okay, so obviously you're meant to drink these out of this, but I got you something to drink out of. Okay. Another clink and rustle in the studio. Now I consider oh God, I'm really nervous. Now I consider you I consider this to be a not just a, a partnership or a friendship, but also a marriage. So I got you this fun mug. Just says just <laughs> Descri- describe that mug that I bought you from Target. I it have is, washed it. It is a mug that I would describe as too big. And it has, in a very specific live, love, laugh font, it says, wifey. <laughs> oh, thanks, babes. I'm your target wifey, am you are, I? You are. So I thought you could decant just a little... I know you don't want to drink much of it, but just have a... Decant yourself a wee snifter okay. into that. A, a wee, wee snifter. A wee snifter. Right. I have Scottish friends. I know how to talk to you. Can I just say, yeah. this is not me being a snob, which I am. I am a snob. It's more just... I just generally just don't love wine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait what, so, is, wait, what does your mug say? <laughs> so I'm going to just decant my rosé into my mug. Read, read, <laughs> read that to me. Now, again, a mug that's too big, um, and it's more of a matte finish, and it says, I put the grand in grandma. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want you to know, I got very, very excited in the novelty mug section, and I was. it took me ages to pick these ones for us. And as I was picking them, oh. I... Um, a really sexy guy came and started looking at the mug selection next to me and I had to wait until he left before I picked up. I put the grand and grandma mug. Cheers. Um, cheers. Oh. <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. These target ceramics, I feel like I'm not going to. How's that? How's that Pinot Grige? It's not bad. Oh, <laughs> they've got you. That's interesting. Yeah, that this is not bad. This rosé is actually pretty good. And this isn't a, a paid sponsorship by the Wine Cube Corporation, but... That's quite nice. I'm pouring that out. I, I, could, I could drink that on a summer's day. Do you know what? I genuinely, if I was trying to sneak, because what people don't realize in this country is that you can't have open alcohol containers in a lot of places and you cannot drink on a place, say if you go to the beach, you're actually technically not allowed to drink on the beach. And this is perfect for that. Imagine if you took that to the beach, no one would know. No one would know. This, again, is not, like, integrated sponsorship by Wine Cube. This was just, I thought it would be funny, but actually turns out that it tastes pretty good. Food and refreshment-wise in this episode, we are... (laughs) I know, I didn't realise we were going to come in hot with so much food today and drinks. Well, essentially, this episode's coming out the week of Thanksgiving. That's true. Which is all about, you know, consuming and and killing, but also consuming. So, um, I think it's good that we had all this. Okay, so let me just, let's do a little a little bit of nitty gritty about Target. Okay. So there's a whole section on Wikipedia about Target dedicated to people calling it Target. Now I know yeah. we have touched on this before where we talked about Primark. Primark, exactly. Primarni. Primarni. Yeah. So we don't need to kind of go into too much detail, but apparently the saying describing it as Target is often attributed to Oprah because she used to say it on her TV show. Oh, I wonder if she like 
she plucked out some of the outfits and was like, these are some of my favorite things. Pro- maybe. Affordable yet stylish. Speaking of Oprah, you and I passed a very strange billboard with Oprah on it today. Had a big picture of Oprah on it looking beautiful and it said like... Encouragement. Encouragement. And then, it, and then like a website that didn't make any sense. It was like she was, she was just promoting the concept of encouragement, <laughs> yeah. but maybe also her own new religion. I think, I think encouragement has decided it's not having enough press and the encouragement like PR office got in touch with Oprah and said, we need you to really push encouragement. She did it. Anyway, here's a fun fact about Target that I didn't know. Okay. Under their section LGBTQ. Uh oh. <laughs> Lady Gaga. <laughs> Sorry. This <laughs> is a wild, wild way to say this. Lady Gaga was expected to give the store an exclusive expanded edition of her upcoming album Born This Way. She ended the deal after discovering that the CEO of Target donated to a political action group that supported an anti-gay candidate. Okay. And then because of the ripplings of Lady Gaga speaking out about this this kind of subject, Target completely had a meltdown and have changed everything and have become weirdly, because of Lady Gaga, a really pro-gay and like very super inclusive store. And they... There's too much detail to go into, but it's like, you know, merchandise for pride, obviously that makes the money, but it's like donating to this, donating to that, money to this, money to that. It, 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 basically what I'm saying is Lady Gaga made Target gay. Great. And Good. I don't know if you could tell by my field report, but there was a lot of gays in that Target I went to in Hollywood today. But you also mentioned in your one in Koreatown, which is more local to you, there are, there are far fewer gays. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, less, less of a gay community in Koreatown. I find Target interesting because... I know when I moved to the States, it's like a very solid place to go buy your basics. Your yeah. very solid basics, your bed sheets, maybe some pillows, yeah. maybe a lamp, all that kind of stuff. It's a good starter, starter a place because you can starter get it all place. in one shop. Get it in one shop. Or like if you're like your spare bedroom. In fact, I think the, the spare bedroom in the Iraq America studio, which you do sleep in regularly, <laughs> as does uh, studio dog Fabby. <laughs> we um, share it. The sheets are from Target. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've had compliments on those sheets before. People are like, love those sheets. I'm like, it's from Target. <laughs> Just something from Target I got. Target, Primani. Which is, also, makes it very similar to Primani in that sense. Oh, it? yeah. There are also a lot of Instagram accounts which are all dedicated to Target. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but like Target Mums, which has like over a million followers. And it's yeah. just some some random mum who loved Target and started She's taking like pictures of things, it, curating it, and became a whole thing. Yeah. It's definitely, I would say when you actually go into a Target and you see the things in the flesh, they do look worse. Mm-hmm. One interesting thing I do think about the place is that everyone goes. There's no, it's you know, there's no kind of hierarchy with Target. So much so, do you know the Target in Westwood? Beyonce goes there. Well, you've teed me up perfectly. Oh, to a little segment I'm calling celebrities at Target. So I googled a Google image search celebrities at Target. Lovely. <laughs> and I found a real wide array. So I'm just going to talk you through who they are. Okay. And just (laughs) multiple pictures of this young lady. Do you want to just describe to the listeners what these two images are? This is uh, one of our personal faves, Brittany at Target. She is wearing a summer dress and um, she's got her hair bunged up, I would say. Um, Some glasses shoved on, sunglasses. I'm wearing a, was it like a metallic flip-flop? It is. It's a fun flip-flop. Fun flip-flop. Well, she's going out of the house. She's got to put a fun (laughs) one on. 
What era of Britney is this? Like 2015, maybe? Yeah, she's got children's toys. Her bodyguard there is clutching children's toys. And he's wearing a cube, a real Cuban heel, a real Simon Cowell thing going on with his outfit. Oh, well, you've got to, got to assert yourself. Get some yeah, light. Britney's, Britney's a big fan of Target. This is a picture of Nicole Richie and uh, whatever her husband's called from Good Charlotte. Ben- Benji Madden? Benji Madden, that's yep. the one. And then this is my favorite picture. <laughs> Is it Jennifer Garner? <laughs> and she's being spotted. And she's kind of going, ah, she's kind of waving at the camera and stuff to say, hey, I'm shopping at Target. My God, you would, uh, the way she looks there, shopping at Target, she could be any Anyone. white, any white yeah. woman ever yeah. shopping in Target. Absolutely. But I love that picture of Jennifer Garner. It really made me happy. She's having a great time. She really is. So yeah, uh, you're, you're right. There's definitely a celebrities at Target vibe. I'm going to tell you about a celebrity spotting I had at Target in West Hollywood. Uh, I think it was last year. Okay. It's going to mean absolutely nothing to you, but oh. I'm going to describe it anyway. Okay. So I went to Target with Michael and Matt, and I think we were buying supplies for their St. Patrick's Day party in 2019. It's when I was living with them. So it must have been. So we were in Target buying all like whiskey and green things. I spotted a cast member of Vanderpump Rules. Mm-hmm. She's called Raquel. For any listeners that watch Vanderpump Rules, I saw Raquel from Vanderpump Rules in Target. I proceeded to follow her around Target. Now, this was quite a menacing <laughs> move on my behalf because she's like a young 20-year-old woman. <laughs> I, you know, if I'm not being swishy and flamboyant, if I'm kind of just placid, I can look a little intimidating with my size. Anyway, to anyone that cares about what Raquel from Vanderpump Rules was buying, a lot of dog food, dog treats, and dog toys. And then I watched her agonize over two different types of laundry detergent for what felt like 20 minutes. And again, listeners who know about Vanderpump Rules know that she is not the brightest bulb. And definitely it was a true struggle for her to pick between two different detergents. (laughs) Anyway, so I was having a little think about the UK equivalent of Target. Okay. Now, before you tell me your thoughts. What are yours? I'm going to do some, I'm going to... I'm just going to speak mine out loud and I'm going to show you my working. In some ways, it's a little bit Marks and Spencers, aka Marks and Sparks, because you can get everything there. Yep. You know, the and I, I feel like the level of clothing is similar to a Marks and Sparks, but the food at Marks and Sparks is a higher level and has more of a prestige yes. to it. Yeah. So I'm a bit stumped there, but Marks and Spencers is very British and Target's very American. Yes. So I do have that element of working in my head. Okay, well, I have a kind of fusion. So actually what I'm going to do is, is suggest mine, then maybe I'm going to fuse all three of them together. Okay, you know cool. we love to do that. Yeah. I was actually thinking, to me, Target would be if you took an Argos mm. with their range of products and installed it into that giant Tesco Extra in Slough. <laughs> do you remember when you and me worked on that job together near Slough at Pinewood Studios. And we used to have to drive to that Tesco Extra in Slough. And it was the biggest Tesco I've ever seen in my life. And it was 2007. Yes. And so it was the era when the Spice Girls reunited for the first time. (laughs) And they were doing the Christmas Tesco adverts. (laughs) So we would used to reenact the the Tesco Christmas adverts of the Spice Girls. Ding, 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 ding. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I was actually thinking... It was as if you as if you were to fuse an Argos into specifically a Tesco Extra in Slough. I think that's really good. Let's do a little roundup. So the UK equivalent of Target is Tesco Extra in Slough with an Argos inside of it. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. And we're back. And now it's over to Ben for our British topic. And also just for the listeners, Ben has done has done mm. a uh, kind of back brace for posture <laughs> in this break. So Ben's now wearing a, a, a back brace. Okay, carry back on. Back brace slash harness. I mean, great for posture, great for pride. Yeah, perfect. It's one of those classic work from home things that you constantly seeing your instagram feed and you're like oh fine i'll just buy it <laughs> yeah, like, many maybe if i in. buy it they'll leave me alone exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly well your so, posture looks great thank you so now my posture is in the correct form i'm ready to talk about the regal topic that is princess diana <gasps> goodbye english rose <laughs> well there were three of us in this relationship. <laughs> Just to quote, not only Princess Diana, but our, our theme tune. Are we calling it that? Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. The Crown season four Netflix. Everyone has lost their minds <sighs> over this. I have not watched a single episode of The Crown <laughs> up until now. But I was like, you know, season four it's the 80s. I vaguely, vaguely remember some of this stuff. I get it. It's, it's within reach. I'm going to do it. Very much your aesthetic as well, like an 80s setting for it. It's very you. I mean, <laughs> it's it's incredibly wealthy people in the 80s who are miserable. Yeah. I love all those things. Oh, the only way it would have been even more you is if they jettisoned Buckingham Palace into space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And a robot had malfunctioned. (laughs) And Camilla was like a a malfunctioned robot that was trying to kill them all in Buckingham Palace in space. And there were maybe like, there was like a really solid pop soundtrack. Yeah, like a neon synth pop soundtrack. (laughs) Yeah. Kim Petras sings the the, the 80s revival synth soundtrack for Buckingham Palace in space. (laughs) 1980s. So The Crown season four, have you watched any of it? Much like the show's... Downton Abbey, Broadchurch, uh, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, the movie Raging Bull. Much like all of these things that everyone has told me to fucking watch. I've not seen a frame. You're fine. Do you know what it is? I'm just going to, I'm going to throw this out there before I get too much blowback. I have very specific tastes in television. Mm -hmm. They are wide ranging, but very specific and narrow (laughs) and very odd and from very odd time periods. And I pick and choose very strange times to watch things. Also, I'm naturally a contrarian who really hates being told to watch something. So I still haven't seen Tiger King because everyone was so excited about it that I just refused to watch it. Oh, that was horrible. Tiger King was like the celebration of the worst human beings in America. It was awful. Yeah, but but, but I just want to I want to make this very clear. But by no means in the moments that I'm not watching The Crown, I'm watching old episodes of intervention from 2015 because for some reason i'm enjoying that so i'm no better than anyone else but no i've not seen a frame of the crown you're fine so the crown it's out princess die she's she's all in it let's just do i've done the kind of the bare minimum of research on princess diana because i just feel like you know she was in our growing up world yes we got this yeah so I'm going to get loads of things wrong. I'm going to miss out loads of important stuff. But bare bones, uh, age 20 in 1981, she married uh, Princess Charles. She had a 20... 20- Princess Charles. <laughs> I like that. We'll leave, we'll leave that in. She married Princess Charles. Princess Diana married Princess Charles. She had a 25-foot train in her, oh, you yeah, know... yeah, she did. 
for her wedding gown, which inspired Mariah Carey's wedding dress it did, in later years. I was most importantly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she became a princess at a very young age. Um, she was re- often referred to as the people's princess, which is kind of interesting because she came from an incredibly posh background. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like she was, I don't know, from Glasgow and she well, suddenly got married into the royal family. Well, it's the same. It's, it's all based on a technicality. It's the same way that they call uh, Kate Middleton. They used to call her a commoner, but, 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 but. Kate Middleton is far more of a commoner than Diana ever was. Yes. Diana's family are actually were actually like like nobility. Yeah, yes, but still but Kate Middleton by no means was an it's, actual commoner. No, no, <laughs> because she was still she was incredibly like rich and went to very privileged schools and, you know. So she was uh she married in 1981. Now through the 80s, why mm. she's well, interesting because the crown sort of paints her has as very ambitious right, uh, and enjoying the kind of publicity and doing a lot of the, the public work and yeah. sort of being out there and, and being adored. Now, a couple of things she did in the 80s I thought were very interesting. First of all, I'm going to show you some pictures and I want you to tell me what event she is at, Princess Diana is at in the 1980s. If you could not read the descriptor at the top of the photo that okay, would be well, great where is describe this picture and where is princess diana luckily here? my vision is bad and my eyes are blurred from the target rosé so uh she appears to be talking to uh, is this is this starlight express <laughs> correct <laughs> so <laughs> i literally i just I've never seen Starlight Express. How did I know this was Starlight Express? We, I guess we talked about it so much. I really like her. Her handbag is literally... That is a, a clutch bag that someone could wear now. That's really nice. Yeah. So, yeah. That is, oh, and she's got matching silver shoes as well. She looks I great. mean, Starlight Express. It was very, you know, spacey and futuristic. Yeah. She had to wear a metallic heel and bag. So, yeah. So, she was often going to sort of pop culture events. Um, that was a, a charity performance of starlight express she went to oh i can't believe she had to sit through that how embarrassing (laughs) something else she did in the 80s which i i think is you know very big deal for us is she hung out with a load of gays yeah she did she really did so i found this whole article because i always had it in my head that she hung out with freddie mercury and they went to the the rvt the royal Vauxhall tavern the the kind of gay drag notorious club in south london so i'd say southern london oh southern london southern london (laughs) like southern california (laughs) Vauxhall, you made Vauxhall. (laughs) anyway so in the 80s apparently she was hanging out with freddie mercury and kenny everett another gay i read this article and they're all having an early evening where they were watching the golden girls on mute and making up racy dialogue for the show's leading ladies wow what a night (laughs) What a night. That what sounds night. great. We should do that tonight. So then apparently Diana was like, hey, what, hey, what are you up to tonight? And they're like, oh, well, we're going to the RVT. We're going to the Royal Vauxhall Tavern. And she was like, can I come? They're like, uh, okay. So what Freddie Mercury did was um, he dressed her up in the outfit that he was going to wear. So they ended up going down to the RVT wearing these kind of ridiculous outfits. And they, they, they got in and they just had a lovely time. Apparently she ordered a glass of wine. I've actually, I've actually drunk a glass of wine in the RVT in my time. And I'll tell you what, it's not great. <laughs> it, sa- it says here in this article that she uh, passed for a rather eccentrically dressed gay male model. That makes perfect sense. She would have looked like a beautiful kind of, kind of androgynous, like twink 
you know, sexy, like Calvin Klein model, I can imagine. It said also who was there was, wait, what's her name? Uh, Ro- uh, Rocco's. She was in um, Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Cleo Rockers? Cleo Rockers. So she was there that <laughs> night and she quote her, she said, we inched through the leather throngs and thongs until finally we reached the bar. We were nudging e- each other like naughty school children. That's so fun, isn't it? That's like a real illicit... I love that she did that. Yeah. It's such a fun... And I love the RVT. Do you remember that Spice Girls night that we went to oh, at the RVT? And they it played was like... Easter, it was Easter weekend and everyone else had gone home to see their families and you, me, and my friend Sammy, we were all like, no, fuck our families. And we stayed in London and we went to the RVT. We went to a screening of Spice World, the movie, beforehand in the bar and then it mm-hmm. turned into a, a club night and they played Jerry Halliwell's uh, Phoebe Kittensworth <laughs> cameo in Sex and the City as a song during the evening. They played every single Spice Girl song and solo hit the audio for every commercial they ever did, like <laughs> yeah. it, like they went deep. Every once in a while, it'd be like a, a Walker's commercial. What <laughs> <laughs> perfect night for us. Ah, love the so RBT. that's what Diana did in the 80s. She did things like that. And it's interesting because in the 90s, when I properly became aware of her as a kid, I obviously didn't know any of this. And yeah. I didn't know I was a gay at yeah. that point. So this article I was reading also goes on to say that she was a very vocal supporter um, of uh, AIDS charities yep. before anyone else was. Although yep. I'm sure my gal Liz Taylor was, you know, spearheading that. Well, of course, that. the Liz Taylor AIDS benefit, of course. Oh, I mean, of course. She, 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 if she, well, I'll tell you what, if Liz were around now, she would have beaten Do- Dolly Parton to that, making that vaccine, <laughs> wouldn't she? Anyway, so back to Princess Diana. I want to ask you, what do you remember about Diana growing up? Because, well, when you were growing up, because it's interesting watching The Crown, which is quite obviously a lot of it's fictional, mm. but it seems like in the 1980s, before we were really conscious. Yeah, we were um, still too young. We were still too young, just little embryos. Um, <laughs> well. She was much loved by the right. public. But my my memory is that growing up in the early 90s, people really did not like her in the UK. And just date-wise, she separated Charles in 92 and they ended up divorcing in 96. So when I properly became conscious of her in the early 90s, I feel like the UK did not like Diana. Yeah, I I remember her as someone, yeah, who was constantly in the the press getting criticised. But I will say, because of my age, and I feel like you probably feel this exact same way about her as well, she, because we were growing up in the 90s, she looked like my mum <laughs> in, yeah. in a way my mum had big floppy hair and wore like big sweatshirts and big jumpers so in my head I associated her with nice memories of my mum in my childhood in the 90s so I always think of her on the log flume at the theme park with Alton William Towers and, yeah Alton Towers with William and Harry and yeah exactly pulling like their faces and I think of her doing all of those things so I weirdly have Maybe I don't, that this isn't how I thought of her at the time, but in my memory, I've conflated it all with my mum from the 90s. So I feel super fond of her in my memory and that's all I can remember. That's, that makes sense? That's really interesting because I never thought about it, but I also do that. Yeah. Because my mum definitely had blonde Diana hair. Yeah. And Diana was like a more glamorous 
posher version of my mum in a way. And yeah, a lot of those clothes she wore in the 90s, like a giant oversized jumper yeah and uh I, I don't know like a tennis shoe yeah like a big a big rugby shirt with like a jean in it yeah, <laughs> yeah. A tennis shoe and like a handbag yeah <laughs> slung over her shoulder exactly, exactly. Just to, you know going around kensington yeah it was very similar to yeah to what my mom was doing as she was picking us up in glasgow <laughs> that's interesting yeah. because i also remember in the early at that stage i feel like my mom really didn't like her mm. which i don't understand why because I, you know she's no longer with us i can't ask her now but i don't remember I don't remember my mum being like a royalist. So right. I know a lot at that time, people really didn't like Diana because she was seen as breaking away from the royal family and like yeah. fucking things up for them. Well, I guess this is a, now we're getting very serious. Like we're, I feel like I'm doing like an NPR podcast now. I'm <laughs> going to say this, but I feel like maybe at the time, but at the time, don't you think that the way that the media was set up was that if all of the major newspapers decided to all have the same opinion then that was everyone's opinion because there, there was wasn't no, there wasn't anything else there was no dissent, dissenting voice saying like well actually it's not like now where people would be opinion people, pieces yeah where like people defending do, exactly her people and... would say you can't say this about a woman and like and you know this is a woman who's been cheated on like publicly for years it's it's very different story but i feel like at the time everyone just was just thought diana enemy Let's take her down. So she just was being taken down left, right, and center. That's a very good point. But my parents also used to just read the Daily Mail. So maybe that's what I was only ever seeing. If I saw news in a newspaper form, it was in the Daily Mail. So they, and they obviously hated her. Well, I think my family were this, like the, the Times, the Sunday Times. And they were probably very royalist. Can't fully remember. All I know is in the early 90s, it felt like... As, as Diana, would, quite rightfully so, was breaking away from the royal family and like going to Switzerland and gorgeous things in France and was constantly like, hello magazine and <laughs> Paris Match. Remember Paris Match yeah. magazine? Yeah. She was constantly doing that. And then in 1995, she very famously did the Martin Bashir interview. Yes, which we sampled for our intro. <laughs> Beautiful. And in that interview, she... And it's so interesting because now that's all come back up in the media. Yeah. In the past few weeks... They're now re-examining and they're doing an inquiry into the Martin Bashir interview. Have you heard about this? <laughs> no. They're doing an inquiry into it because... So just to put some context, the Martin Bashir interview was like a big expose where this journalist for the BBC sat down with Diana and like talked about everything. And she was very open and candid and she said, well, there were three of us in this relationship, marriage. in the marriage, yeah. referring to Camilla who was, um, I was about to say, Charles's floozy. Oh, how dare you? I love Camilla too. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so um, She's also never been a floozy. <laughs> so she sat down and did that. It was very, like, it rocked the nation. Yeah. 27 million people watched it, oh apparently. My God. <laughs> but they're, re, they're doing an inquiry into it now because it turned out that Martin Bashir potentially secured that interview in a very dodgy way using like fake bank statements and things what yeah it's this whole thing so charles's brother now is demanding inquiry and they're doing it but they're struggling to talk to martin bashir about it because he's incredibly ill with covid also what it's all go to interview princess dana you had to prove that you had loads of money there was some weird dodgy thing going on where he secured it in a slightly dodgy way apparently allegedly and it was all being investigated so that went on in 1995 meanwhile diana was you know jet setting around europe on yachts she uh she wore that dress that dress, dress she wore that black dress with the heart 
like necklace choker thing which i believe is re- referred to as something like the revenge dress the revenge dress it's yeah. like a short it's actually it's, it's an lbd i think is the oh. correctly but it's got this little i think it's a heart choker mm, i may have plucked that memory from nowhere again i'm coming into this section of the podcast with zero research oh, and just fine. memory it's future fraser uh, yeah i think that that was maybe from a care bear i don't know where i got that from it's like a oval choker yeah i must have got it from a care bear who cares? So I'm remembering the revenge dress. I'm remembering the Alton Towers log flume. <laughs> <laughs> and then landmines. Yeah. So part of her big charity work was she went to countries where there were landmines and she would very openly and defiantly like walk through fields yeah. where landmines could have been. There was a big thing where they were trying to in those countries, get rid of all these old yeah. landmines that had been left. Yeah, and I just remember there was a lot of talk of how she was pictured with people who had, like, lost limbs, and there was almost... that People were writing about it in, like, a nasty way, but being like, oh, my God, she's, she's with these, like, amputees and these people that have lost their legs to um, landmines, and then, yeah, she's walking through fields and she shouldn't be. She's breaking protocol and this kind of stuff. So she was... That's where... People's princess. Yeah, I think that's genuinely where that kind of side of her came from, where people thought, people went from being against her because of the whole affair thing, and she became actually, yeah, like socially conscious and... Also, she wasn't the one having the affair. No, but she was, that's the point, is in the 90s, everyone was such a misogynist that she still got the blame for it, or got the blame for talking about it. Yeah, that's very true. And I guess, again, from viewing The Crown and from memory, uh, (laughs) she became the people's princess because she to your point she was far more open to talking to the public and yeah. actually even though she was from like nobility was kind of vaguely more relatable yeah that was a real turning point for the royal family she was also friends with uh gianni Versace. Oh, of course you know my kid <laughs> my my i don't know why i would refer to him as but just my idol <laughs> well no donatelle is more my donatelle idol, is, she's fair. like your your north star exactly. that you follow northern star <laughs> She's my queen of the north. <laughs> so yes, and then what happened was in 1997, in 1997, Gianni Versace died. She was at the funeral. But then also in 1997, 31st of August, she tragically died. Um, do you remember where you were when you found out that Diana had died? No, because in my mind... Princess Diana dying and 9-11 got fused into one memory. Those and events I, were four years apart and incredibly yes. different. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you, but I could only remember one event and I'm still not sure if it's one or the other. Got it. So she very sadly died 31st of August, 1997. She was being hounded by the press. Mm-hmm. Then it seemed like the UK lost their minds. Yeah. Because... Up until that point, everyone seemed to to hate her in the 90s. Then she died and everyone apparently loved her. Also, how old do you think she was when she died? Um, 35? She was 36, which is basically our age. When I say our age, I mean your age because I'm younger than that. <laughs> yeah, but... I actually am 36. So she died at your age, Fraser. <laughs> oh, God. But is that not weird? Because I just think of her as such a kind of like grown up mum. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, we're her age. Well, yeah. Don't get in a car, Fraser. But also we're... <laughs> It's that thing of where, where I think that exact same thing where I'm like, oh my God, oh God, has she had two children this old? And I'm like, well, that's actually, in society's case, it's pretty normal. I'm just 
old and have never done anything responsible. And it was like, it was almost 30 years yeah, ago exactly. as well. Yeah, exactly, 30 years ago. And also, you probably should have got your life together by now. <laughs> what, so you should have had two princes by yes. now? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> so she died... And then the UK, everyone in the UK seemed to put some flowers outside Buckingham Palace. Do you yes, remember that? I remember that. And you know distinctly. my issue. You know my issue with that situation. All those flowers were wrapped up in plastic. You couldn't see the flowers. Yeah. So there's a sea of flowers outside Buckingham Palace. You couldn't see them. So you would have liked people to have opened the bouquet and just, just tossed them. strewn. So it would have been. That feels very like Italian. To yeah. Like how beautiful would that? That would have been lovely. Yeah. Bet you bet you Donatella did that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that. And then, of course, Elton John. Goodbye, English Rose. <laughs> he repurposed his Marilyn Monroe yeah. death Goodbye, song. Goodbye, Norma Jean. Yeah. Wait, I wonder who, who's going to die next and he's going to use it again. <laughs> like Kim Kardashian? <laughs> Goodbye, Kim and Kay. <laughs> You're proposing that Elton John's going to outlive Kim Kardashian. Well, you know, his legacy will just be like a, I don't know, a hologram of, of Elton John singing for, well, I mean, much like the hologram that Kim K got of uh, her, of her, her dad. Did you see that? So anyway, that Elton John song was number one for about maybe four years. I think, I think four or five years, maybe 10. Yeah, maybe 10. And there was a, yeah, I think it replaced uh, Love is All Around by Wet, Wet, Wet. And then that was. Well, from so- the Robin Hood soundtrack. <laughs> No, love is all around is from, uh, is from four weddings and a funeral. Oh, wait, what am I thinking of? Him? Everything I do, I do it for you. Who's that? Brian Adams. Brian Adams. <laughs> the Robin Hood soundtrack. I feel oh. like our whole childhood was either Elton John, that Brian Adams song, or Wet Wet Wet. That was number or, one for or, nearly our whole childhood. Or kiss from a rose and the that oh my god Ooh, and gig a and little stranger, stranger it seems yeah yeah, yeah. that's from a that's from a movie Batman, Batman <laughs> forever <laughs> with uh nicole kidman playing dr chase meridian <laughs> anyway we've we've spiraled off into so many tangents i don't understand. who did princess diana play in batman forever i think she was dr chase meridian or maybe her sister okay I feel like if Princess Diana was still alive, I feel like she would have been in a movie. Do you think? I think she would have done like a reverse Grace Kelly and gone from being an actress to royalty to being royalty to an actress. Wait, I've got it. She would have done a cameo in Sex and the City. (laughs) (laughs) How amazing would that be? Well, as herself or as playing a character? No, I think she'd be playing... What, the Jerry Halliwell role? (laughs) Exactly. She would have been like, (laughs) Samantha Samantha Jones! (laughs) Phoebe! I've just been taken to for the Soho house. <laughs> that would have been Diana. They missed you with Evian. Isn't it the best? <laughs> I wouldn't know, but I'm on my way there now myself. <laughs> Toodles. <laughs> Toodles. <laughs> yes. That's Samantha doing the fans. Did you get that? That's, yeah, I did. That's what it would have been. <laughs> oh. Anyway, The Crown, not sponsoring this show. Season four is yeah, out now. I was going to say. I'm watching it. Although, okay, here's my thing. Coming back to The Crown with yeah. this season, Princess Diana. It's my first time watching it. I'm eight episodes in. I'm enjoying it. It is gloriously expensive, incredibly well-made, gorgeous to look at. It's really, really depressing. Yeah. Like everyone in it is miserable and repressed and no one's actually doing what they want to do. But it's interesting because back in the UK right now in lockdown 2.0, don't know if you've heard about it. The UK. Bigger and better. (laughs) Bigger lockdown 2.0. We're back. Bigger than better. (laughs) 
everyone in the UK is watching it. And yeah. it's almost like they're all indoors and it's raining and it must be miserable and they're watching The Crown. But kind of, I don't know, fetishizing the 1980s Thatcher and Diana. And it's a miserable time. Yeah, it's, well, it's... It's yeah. kind of prob- I find, I find It's like a slightly problematic nostalgia, particularly when the UK is about to completely leave the EU properly. Anyway. Yeah, well, also, the, you know, if you're going to cast Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher, you're going to have a lot of conflicting, like, Yas Queen versus Devil Woman thoughts, you know? It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to process, I think. One other thing I want to add about Princess Diana was when she sadly died, she'd been with her boyfriend at the time, Dodie. Yep. Dodie and Di. Yep. Hashtag, hashtag Dodie and Di. Yep. Dodie was the son of Muhammad Al-Fayed, yep. who owned, owned Harris, a, owner of Harris yeah. at the time. Egyptian grandma's favorite shop. Of course, because they have the whole Egyptian escalator. escalator. Yeah. At the bottom of the Egyptian escalator, mm-hmm. after 1997, was the Dodie and Di Memorial. Yeah. Do you remember this? No, I think I went to London pre, pre that, because I remember the escalator. I don't remember the memorial. Okay. So the memorial, you go down the Egyptian escalator, okay? Gold, gorgeous. Go down to the bottom and you go to the basement. And then there was this memorial to Dodie and Di. Mm-hmm. It included the final wine glass that she had taken a sip from. Oh, God. With her lipstick on it in a glass case. And then, of course, just loads of tourists around it taking pictures. That's so weird. I know. But the basement, wasn't the basement the food court in Harrods? Like near the fish counter? <laughs> You're the fish. It feels very disrespectful to put your to put like a legacy piece next to a fish counter. I don't know. Do you know what? I don't know why I'm acting like I know the ins and outs and the layouts of Harrods. Anyone in the UK, tell us exactly where the basement, where the Diana Memorial was next to the fish counter. I need to know. Do you want to know a fun fact about um, Egyptian Grandma and Harrods? Go for it. Okay, so we went down to London for her seventieth birthday. And we all stayed in a hotel and she gave all the grandkids an envelope with her name on it. And I think inside was like 20 pounds. Uh-huh. And she said, now, darling, if you get lost when you're in London, just flag down a taxi and say, um, say the name of the hotel and give them this money and you'll be fine. And if at the end of the trip you haven't got lost, you can spend the money on whatever you want. Maybe something in Harrods. And I did. That's... That's fabulous. Pretty fabulous. Don't know what else to say to that. Also, my, my only time I've ever dined in Harrods was with Egyptian grandma um, on the top floor. And I had I had uh, lobster seafood, lobster pasta. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you're like an onion unfolding in front of me on this podcast. And now I'm understanding every layer. So, <laughs> Princess Diana. Yeah. Who is the US equivalent? Is it Kim Kardashian? Whoa. I was thinking of kind of a vilified woman, and it made me think of Monica Lewinsky. Oh. 90s vilified woman. That's good. Whereas now, people are like, yes, Monica. Exactly, exactly. But I feel like she was also kind of raked across the coals. Slightly different situation. But very 90s. Very 90s. And also, kind of, instead of royal, like presidential. Yeah, exactly. The US equivalent of royal is presidential. That's pretty good. Also, you can imagine just like a very high-end prestige series called Monica. Monica, yes. <laughs> okay, I think I think we've got to we've got to go with both. I think it's a, yeah. a Kim K and Monica. So, <laughs> the U.S. equivalent of Princess Diana is Kim Kardashian in that horrific thing that happened in Paris. Meets Monica Lewinsky. Jesus. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. And we're back for a very, very quick fire round of Welcome Not Welcome because I didn't prepare mine and now I'm a bit drunk. Okay. So ben has got three Welcome Not Welcomes. I and we're sure discuss them. do. As ever, this is the game where we say very British or American things and we say whether they're welcome or not, i.e. whether we like them or not. Welcome or not welcome, the phrase Baltic, like describing something as Baltic. Oh, I was outside. It was pure Baltic. <laughs> I have never, ever... <laughs> ever uttered those words in my entire life i mean it's very scottish it's basically when it's cold I outside like it's, I, Baltic. I've, I've heard it from non-scottish people to me really it feels, to me it feels very straight i don't feel like a gay person has ever described something as baltic before okay welcome or not welcome baltic what do you think not welcome because it's also refers to the baltic sea doesn't it oh yeah it could be problematic. Feel, feels okay, problematic. We're, we're going to say not welcome. <laughs> okay. The next one has been submitted from Justin in London. Oh, yeah. Welcome or not welcome. Mm -hmm. Referring to Melania Trump as Mel T. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not welcome, but I do like the suggestion and I, I do very much enjoy that. But not welcome. We're not welcoming her into anything. Not welcome. But I do appreciate that it does... Rhyme with Mel B and Mel yeah, C. Yeah, absolutely. But not welcome. Not welcome, yeah, Justin. Get out, Mel T. You're done. Okay. Keep walking. Welcome <laughs> or not welcome, referring to an injection mm -hmm. as a jab. Oh, welcome. <laughs> you had your jabs. You had your... Well, when are we going to get that COVID jab? You're going to go to Spain or you've got to get your jabs. Got to get your jabs. Well, Spain. maybe not Spain. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get my jabs when I used to go to the Caribbean when I was younger. Get Caribbean jabs. jabs. My Caribbean so jabs. in the UK, we refer to, instead of like your, your flu shot, you yeah. might get your flu jab. Get your little jab. Your jab. I've had my polio. I've had my booster. <laughs> I've had my hepatitis booster. BCG. My BC. Oh, I mean, where's? <laughs> hang on. Where's your BCG scar? Have you still got it? Um, have you ever noticed? I've got this. I've got this. What do you think this birthmark on my shoulder looks like? I've never noticed that birthmark on your shoulder. What before. does it look like? Um, it looks like a, a rooster. I think it looks like a map. Oh no! I think it looks like the head. So that looks like the body at the bottom, and then its beak, and then it's like a rooster thing on top. Do you like think it's like a map of the of Britain? Oh, actually, it does also it does also look like a map it's of very Britain. Very strange. I've never noticed you have that before. I know. Anyway, I don't. Well, I I got my my flu shot translation flu jab today, so I think it's covering up my BCG mark. Oh yeah, look, there's mine. You see it? Hang on. Oh yeah, I see it. I see it. There it is. Why was the BCG? Why did it leave such a mark on everyone? I just distinctly remember being at school and someone being like. It's 10 needles. They inject straight through your flesh and come out the other side and you will die. And being so scared when I got it. And I it remember like, people were getting like counseled while they got it because they were so nervous. And it was like such a big deal. It was like, well, you know, that's the year you're going to get your BCG. Yeah, well, you had the test. Do you remember you had the skin test, which was like... No, what was that? Yeah, they did like a pre-test to make sure that you weren't allergic to it. You know how you do with hair dye or you're meant to and no one does. So we had like a... <laughs> you have a thing and it was on your hand to test that you weren't allergic. And then, so you had that another time. And then I remember going in for the BCG and it was just an injection. It was fine. But I remember people saying, it's 10 needles and they're going to go through your skull and you're going to die. I remember afterwards, it was totally fine. But afterwards, you know, it was like my, my flu jab. Yeah. Punchy. My brother would punch. I remember my punchy. brother punching Give you my a dead BCG. Arm. Yeah. I, I, they punch you with like one, one finger, just one slightly out of one knuckle. Is this because we both have brothers that we've been punched in the arm with a knuckle? Although your brother's <laughs> younger than you, right? No, he's older. How many years old is your brother? Three again? years. Oh, okay. So this is exactly why we both know about punching someone with one knuckle out. One knuckle, just give him a dead arm. Do you know what, James and Elliot, <laughs> the two of you, 
You're on blast, and I'm sure both of them have listened through to not only every episode, but right through to the end of this one. Oh, yeah. Our two straight brothers love our podcast. <laughs> they, oh, my God. They love the Kylie special. They love... We should do, like, the straight special and, like, call them and ask them about, like, I don't know, what? What do straight people like? <laughs> I was about car to say, engines? I was about to say micro-machines. <laughs> micro-machines. I said car engines. So car engines, micro-machines. Male singers. Yeah, like, exactly. Bruno Mars. Coldplay. Coldplay. <laughs> so, Jab, we're, we're saying Jab, welcome. Oh, welcome. I feel like just for that little... Flu that little Jab. Number. And then, yeah, James and Elliot, you're on notice for your for the Your Welcome America straight special. <laughs> straight special. God, imagine calling those two in, dialing those two in over the internet. Oh, they will, they will not understand the technical, will they? <laughs> oh, it's going to be a real meeting of, of heteros, that one. Oh. <sighs> so... <laughs> That has been our episode of You're Welcome America. You're welcome as ever. Do follow us on Instagram. You are Welcome America. The letter U, the letter R. Do get in touch on Twitter. You're Welcome USA. USA. Anything else? Drop us an email on Your Welcome America podcast at gmail.com. Nice. Okay, so it's Thanksgiving this week in the US. Do enjoy, if you're out there, watch Adam's Family Values. Be safe, everybody. Just be safe. Whatever you do, just be safe. (laughs) We'll see you in a couple of weeks. I don't know who that character was. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. I left my body for that moment. That was very strange. You're so far off your ass. You can smell your own shit. Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go if you think you are. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour.